Welcome to Divine Through Line. I'm Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey tribe, cosmic family, um, I feel so blessed and honored to be connecting with all of you over the airways of the pod. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of Divine Through Line. You guys bless me and uh, make this life experience truly meaningful. I have another amazing show for you guys today and much out of my normal uh, sort of schedule and the way that I roll, I have another really amazing guest here and I'm super happy to welcome Carolyn Pamer from Cap Beauty. So welcome Carolyn. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. So this is like the best part of having a podcast is getting to just hang out with your, you know, your girlfriends and your besties and share, you know, meaningful experience. And the reason why I wanted you to come on the show, I don't know if you know, but usually I don't do an interview format. It's usually just me riffing mm-hmm. on different yes. concepts and ideas, I love that. but, um, but you know, what you're doing is so meaningful in the, in the world. And I want to talk a lot about your new book, high vibrational beauty. Um, but first, um, also just really highlight you and speak to you about how you see beauty, your role in beauty. Carolyn is the founder and owner of Cat Beauty, and she was uh, uh, sweet enough to host me for my book release for This Cheese is Nuts. We share a mutual friend, very dear friend, Mel Nahas, the yes. founder and creator of Conscious City Guide, um, we love the most Mel. amazing platform for ticketing and events yes. on planet Earth. Um, so Mel hooked us up. Um, and also, I think Colleen Walkup from Mind Body Green also sent yes. me your way. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it was just when I went into your salon, which it really is just a, a, a the feel of it is a really uptown New York, like legit beauty mm-hmm. salon. And you gifted me this amazing massage. Mm-hmm. And and the I, I'm sorry that I don't remember the name of the esthetician, but the thing that I remember about her was the amazing massage that yeah. she gave me. Yeah. So I'd love for you to just let us into your world. How did Cat Beauty come to yeah. be? And you know, you're sitting in front of me, you're a radiant woman, <laughs> your skin is glowing, but you're extremely natural. Like you really you're really coming, uh, as an authentic being, you know, whole woman. So anyway, speak to me about why beauty and well, it's funny. So I have a partner, Cindy, who's in New York right now. She's, um, the co-founder and amazing old friend. And anyone who knows us knows that we're not really from the very typical classical definition of the beauty world. Um, we don't know what's new in makeup. We appreciate makeup. We love it. We think they're all kind of a part and parcel of, of themselves. Like there's so many things that you incorporate into your life that are beautiful, not necessarily just one dimensional. And so for us, we really approach beauty from this place of what are all the things in your life that you do that make your life beautiful, but not in that classic, here's the new foundation color, or here's something to put on your skin to cover yourself up. We're really about revealing what that beauty is within women and men. 
Um, and we come from a background, like we met working at Martha Stewart 20 years ago. So oh, I didn't know we come that. from kind of this like entertaining, gracious living. We like to think very inclusive world of bringing people into our world and sharing our discoveries and things that we love and think are important and have the ability to change your life on a daily basis. Mm. So we pr approach it in a different way. Like for us, and our tagline is beauty is wellness. Wellness is beauty. And when we started four years ago, I'm not saying that we created that idea, but wellness wasn't as involved in the beauty landscape as it is now. And for us, that's really, really exciting to see those two really intersect on a much larger scale than they were when we introduced those two together. Yeah because they can't exist without each other. You know, there's one thing to have a really gorgeous red lip, but if you're not feeling good, it's only going to take you so far. And we and love not, the red lip. And not that far. And not that <laughs> far. And you know, there's things that that red lip satisfies and we get it and we understand it and that's beautiful. But once you start incorporating and dropping in all of the other practices that make your life beautiful, that's when we really feel like you become your most radiant, vital version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want all of our customers all of our clients and everyone to feel because it impacts everyone in the world profoundly. Yeah. That's so beautiful and so important. And, um, and I agree with you. I've been sharing on the podcast in the recent weeks and months, yeah. actually working with my friend, Sadie Adams, yeah. who has take care of body, mind and Dying to meet her. Yeah. And yeah. she's so subtle and so adept at all these subtle energetics. And yeah. when I work with her, she's repatterning my face yeah. And it's a really incredible approach. Um, and again, I think, you know, just sort of, it just echoes everything that you just said. And so I have been sharing, I have been talking because I'm going to be 56 this year mm -hmm. and I care very much about my skin. I of care course. about how I look you know, and how so you feel because ultimately it's how, how your skin looks is ultimately an indication of how you feel inside. Exactly. And that's a really big one. There's no vanity in that. Our skin is our biggest organ. It really is a very, very practical indicator of how you are physically feeling inside. Yes. Yes, that's true. You know? Yeah. And so I think at least in, you know, especially in LA or in the big cities or, you know, really just worldwide, I yeah. mean, we look at the ob objectification of the female form and yeah. how it's presented in fashion and cosmetics and mm -hmm. And even the underlaying, I've been talking about the planetary grid implants yes. of these, of these beliefs that we believe inside of ourselves. Like mm -hmm. when you get to be a certain age and you no longer have kids, then you will be thrown away and exactly. there will be another model brought in. Yep. Um, I am teaching this retreat called beloved this year, and I've mm -hmm. taught one in Malta and one in, in Miami. And what I've learned through those retreats is that as women, we have a very hard time advocating for ourselves because oh, yeah. there's been like this planetary implant that being a woman is pleasing and mm -hmm. non-confrontational and yeah. makes people feel good. And even with the Me Too movement, you know, we heard so many people come forward. I did. I had a major story of my own. Um, but what surprised me and shocked me was how many women would say that they were put in compromising situations and asked to inappropriately touch a man. Yeah. And then they said, and I didn't want to, but I did it. Yeah. And that would always just catch my breath. Yeah. Because what, you're just, your power is gone. Right. You're like, what? You're just giving it like, away. But the problem is, I mean, the issue is, is that it's ingrained at such a low level. And oh, I was yeah. sharing on my retreat that 
like I was seeing how I have a hard time advocating for myself, like even me, even, you know, who I'm so outgoing and, you know, and and courageous and all living my life of my dreams. But I was in the, I was in like the Uber in Miami and the music was thumping like super loud as as it is in Miami everywhere. Yep. And I asked the, the, the Uber driver who was a male, if he could please turn it down. And he, and he seemed to ignore me. And, uh, and I just chose to be quiet and suffer the ride with the pounding music. Yeah. And it was, I don't know if he heard me or he didn't hear me, but the interesting thing was my, my then move or tendency to step back. To and step. how did you feel after that? And like when you got out, were you, what did you feel like? I was really observing myself. Yeah, I mean, I was just course. watching myself. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Like you can't even tell the Uber driver to like turn the music off. I find off. myself in that position often, really? I mean, especially in that situation, tell like me. in cars. Well, I find if there's something and I'm a particular person, I like things a particular way, but I definitely go down that road of, um, is this out of are they not listening to me? Are they not hearing me? Am I coming across in a certain way that I don't want to come across? There's a lot of conversations I have with myself. I've had that a bunch with Uber, with any sort of transportation where there's music and I don't want to hear it. Or oftentimes it'll happen, I'll get in and there'll be, they'll want to engage in a really conversation. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel bad because of course I do want to engage in the conversation, but I'm also working on something and then I don't know how to say I can't talk to you right now. And it's the same situation. Like, am I, why am I not speaking what I need to be saying right now? What is holding me back in this situation? If I do ask for what I want, how am I coming across? So this is like brilliant. And this is what I got to. This is the major holy grail of the entire thing for me is that I don't, I know for me, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say no in love. Hmm. So just like sit with that for a minute. So like, and what I, and you know, I talk about my Latin blood, Mm -hmm. you know, like I had, I had something happen this morning that was, you know, disappointed to me an action that disappointed me. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I had so much fire come up and I'm just, I'm observing myself. I'm like, calm down. Like, I'm like, whoa, I'm I'm, I'm observing the adrenaline and just going, wow, that's a lot of adrenaline over a a little teeny thing. Like what is underneath all of that? Yeah. So what I came to is that we haven't been trained mm-hmm. to say no in love because we've been trained to say yes and to not never make anybody else feel bad. So we don't even know how to say, um, that's not good for me. Um, you know, but I love you and respect you as a being, you know, just in, in yeah. equanimity, I'm going to ask you to please do that's that. That's so interesting. So you're essentially saying that in that moment of acting in love, you don't have the ability to say no because they can't even sit next to each other. Yeah. And, and let me, I have an amazing mentor of mine that Mm -hmm. I refer to a lot on the podcast. Her name is Lisa Renee and she's a galactic emissary, you know, merged consciousness that is a, she's a galactic quantum scientist that I worked with for seven years. Did I meet her? Uh, no, she wasn't. She no longer interacts personally. Okay. But, so she I went, met by somebody the, else. Yeah. You met somebody. Amazing. I think you met Tamara. Yes. I yeah, did. Yeah. My, my partner and she's yes. Tamara Dunn. She's yes. quite extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Lisa, um, she, her work was sort of getting known and, you know, she's dealing with very, um, expanded concepts. Okay. And 
this fragmented man ended up at her office door, Mm -hmm. like, and he was just waiting for her out there Mm -hmm. and was, you know, hearing her and these other, you know, he was Mm -hmm. fragmented. And I watched her at the, at the time, you know, she opened the door and she went up to him and she said, sweetheart, you can't be here. You need to leave now. Mm -hmm. But it was like, and I was shocked, Mm -hmm. you know, because. And he responded. Yeah. He understood that. Yeah. And he left. Wow. But the thing is, is that when, when do we have, I mean, I, I look at that as like a, a quality of an adeptness, like a mm. mastery. Yeah. Like what like if to somebody, be nimble in that situation to be nimble is mastery. And to be empowered. Yeah. So like, what if, like, we're just talking about somebody playing music which, yeah. in the car, which is annoying us. But yeah. what if somebody offended you or, or hit your core wound in mm-hmm. a certain place? And so what is that mechanism that we learn to just say no and love mm-hmm. like, Hey, your car's really nice. I really appreciate you picking me up. Mm-hmm. I really like the channel that you're listening to right now, mm-hmm. or, or no, maybe yeah. that's too much pleasing, but you know, but Hey, you know, I work. Mm-hmm. And so if you wouldn't mind, you know, could you turn it off or yeah. it would be great. It'd be super supportive to me if you could, you know, but it's like, yeah. w- but can we even go there? I think it's interesting. Cause for me, I, if somebody is entering like the fragmented man that you just spoke of with your friend Lisa, that scenario seems much easier for me to address. I could get to that place that she got to, maybe not as elegantly or nimbly, but that makes sense because that's somebody who is doing something that's interfering in a fragmented way with what you're doing. The car one's interesting. I had it a couple times when I was in New York last week. There were a bunch of cars that I was taking that had really intense air fresheners in them. <laughs> really intense. That's just horrible And for me. the more and more I get into <laughs> naturals, the less and less I can handle that really synthetic yeah. um, fragrance. And I understand, like, I'm a particular person. I get it. But... The thing that I struggled with in that situation was this person was doing something that they thought was going to make somebody feel better. It wasn't like I got in a car that was nasty and not taken care of. The car was the car was immaculate. This person had put something in there that they thought would make somebody have a better time on some level. So that's where I felt because I actually felt like they were doing that in some capacity of in love. Mm-hmm. They were trying to make it a nicer situation for somebody. That's where I felt held back because I actually didn't know. That made me uncomfortable to address somebody who's trying to do something on some level that's out of sync with my, how I interact with the world, but they're not doing anything that's bad or offensive. They're doing something that they actually thought was good. And that I find, that's where I find it hard to have your power Mm -hmm. because when somebody's doing something for you that's, thoughtful and kind, I find that that's a harder place to actually enact the no. To still do what's authentic to you. Mm-hmm. And so what would be your choice? And that would be like, carry some like, you know, elixirs in your purse <laughs> and give them. So to I you. actually, I actually <laughs> talked about it with my staff. I went into the office cause I was like, I'm curious, you know, they always have like really interesting ideas. They're much younger than me. They approach the world in a different way. They're smart in different ways than they think about things in different ways than I do. And so I asked them what they thought and their response was to let them know through the review. And so I actually did a review, you know how you can review your driver. And I did it in a really nice way. I said the driver was great, very, very friendly, super clean car, but the fragrance was really, really intense for some. Yeah. So I dealt with it in that way because I didn't feel like I could deal with it in any way in the car. I just 
rolled down the windows. It's so interesting, but it's so interesting that we're talking about something so sort of not personal Mm -hmm. with regards (laughs) to this. And, and I'm, and there's an ocean of much more personal situations (laughs) where we're dealing with this every day. So getting back to, to beauty and, you know, I was, I was, um, you know, getting ready this morning and excited for our interview. And and I was thinking, what is, what is my number one beauty secret? And Mm -hmm. I think I would say the number one beauty secret for me is not drinking alcohol or using drugs. Oh yeah. I mean, big one alcohol. Like you could just see it on your face the oh, next yeah. morning immediately. Yeah. Right. I was a big drinker. I, I haven't had a drink for over three years mm-hmm. and that was a big game changer That's for a big me, especially lift. for somebody who deals with inflammation. Oh yeah. Of you course. Know, I have celiac, so I have an autoimmune disease. So any sort mm-hmm. of inflammation in my body, you can see right immediately and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then also, I mean, just like beyond the physical, um, side effects of alcohol for me, it would, could take me to a really dark place, which would just make me want to kind of step back and not be in my light. Sure. Like sure. it would take me to a place that was maybe not real, but right. real in my head. Right. And I wouldn't allow myself to kind of come forward mm-hmm. because I just wanted to hide. Right. Right. And I think a lot of people experience that on a very low grade level. I think that that is one of the side effects of it. It's Mm -hmm. fun in the moment. And then the aftermath of it is a different thing that definitely goes to a place that's not quite as fun. Right. And it's sort of like the curve, like, you know, like I like the idea of drinking and like, I like the idea of being at a party and having fun, fun. but it's like on the up social on the up of the curve, Mm -hmm. there's a sweet spot for just a second and then it yep. just tanks yeah. like very quickly. Yeah. After that. And I think if you're somebody who has any sort of issues with, you know, alcohol addiction or anything in your family, you get to that place, that tanking place pretty quickly. Right. And when, and if you're really, really sensitive person, you feel that immensely in the yes. aftermath. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. And also when you, when you think of beauty and mm-hmm. wellness and it being, you know, really rooted in alignment of yourselves. Like I was having a conversation with my 14 year old about something yesterday and I don't know, we were talking about alcohol just Mm -hmm. in a general sense, Yeah. you know? And I was like, I just said to her like the statement, like when you drink alcohol, when you get drunk, Mm -hmm. you end up in situations that you normally wouldn't be in. And that's socially, sexually. Yeah. So if you're talking about really advocating for yourself and really taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. you're really putting yourself in danger Mm -hmm. because, or at least in a experience of compromised view, compromised. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you just don't, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the beauty of alcohol, right? You don't see things as clearly you're, you have an easier time doing things that you wouldn't necessarily do. And that's fun. Mm -hmm. And then can become something. And then not fun. And I don't think it's that way for everyone. I think Mm -hmm. it can be fun for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but I think if you're a certain type of person, yeah, then it's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, like alcohol is like one of the biggest things to not drink to open up my eyes to the world, right? On a daily basis, for good and bad, right? You know, alcohol serves a purpose in a lot of ways. Like for me, for a long time, that was a way of not having to see things, of coping. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I didn't want to see things that you know in the sunlight would be very, very, very clear. Right. And then until you take those off, those goggles off it's really hard to not recognize them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Rich has been sober many years and, 
And, uh, and I just stopped drinking after I found yoga this mm-hmm. lifetime and, yeah. and it just really sort of all of these habits dropped me. It wasn't like a hard thing. Yeah. Just, it's just not natural. That was mine. Like good. when I, when I stopped, I stopped for Lent, Cindy, my partner, she and her husband give up something for Lent every year. And so I gave up alcohol with her. And then I had like a very big life changing event that happened during that period of time that I needed to be 100% crystal clear for. Mm-hmm. And my... I don't know what part of me it was because I loved drinking. Um, just said like you can't anymore, mm-hmm. and I've never wanted to since. Wow. And I was a person who drank every night. Wow! Like wow. I was very committed to the idea of being a person that drank really good wine, that ate a certain way. Like that was kind of my identity. Right. And then it just fell. It just dropped away when this. I think my like my pathways just became rerouted, and they were like, you don't do that anymore. Right. And I don't even think about it. It's really, really strange. Right. I was at a party recently with a bunch of foodies, like really hardcore kind of Northern California foodies and wine people, and they had wine stores and vineyards, and it was the first time in three years. This was over the holidays that I actually was like, oh, I forgot about that social aspect and also the beauty that wine can bring. Mm-hmm. Like in when it's when it's actually when you're participating in a way where you're really respecting the whole process of that wine being made, mm-hmm. and that was the first time that I was kind of mourned that, mm-hmm. but I also didn't go there. No, I was like, yeah. I, I can participate. Yeah. I can listen. Mm-hmm. Like I get what they're talking about. I've been there, mm-hmm. but it was there was a real beauty and just the respect for. The fruit. Sure, the process. The process. The lineage. The, the fruit. History. The weather. Mm-hmm. The landscape. All of it. Like mm-hmm. they were really getting off on it. A and I. All of it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. All of it. And it was beautiful. Right. But it really was the first time in three years that I was like, oh, that sounds really beautiful. I'd love to partake in that. And then it was just gone. It was like, that's not who like, I am right now. Right, exactly. You know. Yeah, me too. I drank a lot of really fine wine with my boy's father, yeah. and we had a wine cellar. And oh yeah, you know it's quite delicious. <laughs> yeah, but it also isn't something I want to go back to. Sometimes I'll take somebody's glass and smell it. Yeah, just to, yeah. I mean, we were I just in Italy. Way. I was telling you. Yeah, um, how'd you do A couple there? weeks ago, uh-huh. and I. Th- we had dinner at, we had dinner out with an Italian couple that was really nice one night and they were drinking a beautiful wine and I don't know I feel like I can kind of participate in it because I know what it's like mm-hmm. I know that feeling right um, but I also saw them the next morning and they all felt like shit and I was like oh <laughs> I'm really like, glad yeah. I didn't get to go there last so night yeah. so tell me about Italy you just recently went to Italy yeah, for the first time it was amazing I had never been uh-huh. Cindy and I were asked to go over for Cosmoprof which is um, it's a big huge cosmetics convention That's so as cool. uh u.s delegates cindy was the kind of main delegate and i came along and um it was insane i mean it was literally like the made the jacob javits center in new york look like a preschool wow never been so lost in my life wow. um and in and to be honest the the cosmoprof itself is just cosmetics in general and we are such a specific type of company we are 100 percent natural which to us means 100% synthetic free, which is quite difficult to find. And so for us, it was kind of hard to, to source things there. We did find one manufacturer and grower that we're going to be working with that was amazing. And they're in Puglia and they were great. Wonderful. And then my husband came over and met us. And then John and I had some time after Cindy and I had been in Bologna. 
Yeah. So where we did went. you guys end up finally? So we went to, we went to Bologna first. That was for the conference. And uh-huh. then we went to Florence right. and we went to Umbria where our friend, I have a friend named Jasmine who does a skincare line that we carry called Radice. Oh. She's a beautiful person and she's Italian and her boyfriend is Italian and he has an exquisite farm slash kind of castle in Umbria. So we Just went to castle. <laughs> You know, it's really like, it was like nothing I've ever seen. It was really remarkable. And he's amazing because he's also a farmer. So he's growing all these things like millet and flax seeds and, you know, tons of different crops that he's trying to import into the States. So it was really fun to see the farm slash castle through his eyes of actually being a place that produces this exquisite organic food. It's so amazing. It's extraordinary (sighs) that you guys are doing that though in cosmetics. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's really, really great. So we went there and then we went to onto Rome for a few days Wow. and it was just beautiful. I mean, just like I feel Italian. Don't you feel, I mean, I think we, I mean, I know I've had lifetimes in Europe, recent lifetimes, but it does feel like that to me. Like I just, I land there and I'm getting my rental car and I want to kiss the rental car guy. That's how I feel when I land in LA. Oh, you do? You <laughs> I literally it. cry every time you do? the plane hits the ground here. Wow. Like with happiness. And tell me, where, and you were raised on the East, East Coast? No, I was raised in Oregon. So oh. for me, the West Coast is super familiar. I yeah. spent half my life in Oregon mm-hmm. and half my life in um, New York. In New York. So I spent just 24, it was just 24 years last month that I had gone to New York. Wow. And I spent 24 years out here. Wow. So I feel, it very much feels like a homecoming and it's right. been this really amazing thing. My father was really sick. He's been sick for a while, but mm. he passed away last month. And, and oh. so I was able to go visit him every month while living out here since August. So I saw him more in these past seven months mm-hmm. than I had seen him probably in two years living on the East Coast. Wow. So that was, that's like very much a blessing. And, and his passing has been, I think, much easier for me because mm. I was with him so much during his kind of final days. Very beautiful. That felt really special. So I have, I never understood California before growing up in Oregon. Yes. Like you're not like <laughs> supposed to like California, especially in my family. <laughs> And, um, so it never made sense to me. And my husband, John was always really intrigued with it. He's from Virginia. And I was like, people don't live in LA. People don't, they're not real people there. You know, I'd like been fed all this stuff from Mm -hmm. my father. who was like very much a hardcore Oregonian. Just thought Californians were going to like raise his taxes and steal his houses. Right. You know, like. It's like insane kind of mentality. And then I started coming out here with John and at first I didn't really get it. Then I didn't get it. And then I got it like a little bit more. And then one time it was like a major epiphany where I was like, oh, are you kidding? (laughs) This place exists on this planet. And so we've been trying to get here for years. Like I had another store prior to having Cap and we were going to open out here. And then 2008 happened and I just didn't have the resources like in so many realms to make it happen, the move. We didn't want to move out here and have it be, you know, like a backwards move. We wanted it to be... We're moving out here for a reason. Yeah. So then when we decided to open out here, that was the perfect opportunity for us to move. And I go back and forth like every five weeks. Mm -hmm. So we are here and there, but John just got his California license and I am getting mine too. Wow. So this is now, it's pretty exciting. So good. So going back a little bit to your father, just, um, I feel you, my dad passed away a couple Mm, years ago and I also was very present in his passing. It's amazing. Um, What did you like, how are you doing? What did you 
glean from that? What was, Mm. what was profound about it? What was horrifying about it? You know, how my dad and I, my dad is a very challenging person, um, huge personality and the least politically correct person you'd ever meet in your life. Like to a level that I had a very hard time being around him, especially in public. It was really uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm very much the way I am because of the way my father was. So I just like went in the very opposite direction. It's like old school, 80, you know, in his late eighties, grew up kind of in Oregon, big drinker, big smoker, very belligerent, opinionated, big personality for, (laughs) I was going to say for better or worse, but oftentimes for worse, but I was also really close to him and I respected him a lot. And I definitely believe in the whole, you choose your parents thing. So I, I think I learned a huge amount from him and I have a lot of him in me. I hope not those parts of him that are horrible. (laughs) I'll let you know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I do have a lot of him in me. He's, he was a very kind of generous and kind person in certain ways, but really challenging. And so for me to like watch somebody become physically compromised and mentally compromised over the course of his life after having seen him be so big and belligerent was really interesting to observe Mm -hmm. and to see him. The thing with him is he never admitted that he was dying. He considered that a failure. So there was never a conversation about what was happening, Mm -hmm. which there's not a lot of conversation in my family to begin with. And that one was like, wow, this is the thing that we all are guaranteed is happening. We're all going in that direction. Happening right now. Literally, (laughs) you know, we'd be in, we'd be in meetings with his doctors and he's like, I'm not dying. And I'd say like, dad, we're all dying. It's not, it's not a compromise. It's not something you get to choose. And, and to his credit, like they literally didn't understand why he was still alive. He had had pneumonia eight times in the past year. He had emphysema. He had COPD. He had heart disease. He had all these things that anyone else just they would have been done. Like his physical state was so, so poor. Mm. And he just kept sticking around. Like he was just sticking around. And I think it was just will. I think a lot of it was fear. I look back at it in hindsight and I think he was scared too, but I think a lot of it was will, just like will to live. So watching somebody go through the physical kind of um, steps that he went through that were so challenging and still trying to be alert, trying to be engaged, trying to be alive was really profoundly important for me. Mm. I learned a lot from him. Like I said, I learned a lot from him in ways of how not to be by watching him, but also in ways how to be. Like he had this major, major will to survive and thrive and just had like this drive, like Mm. constantly was going. Mm. I find that so interesting for those of us that are those of us that incarnated or chose a life to mm-hmm. come in to like change the status quo or yeah. like be a way shower. And there's no value difference. You know, yeah. the sun is shining on every single life form. Exactly. So it's simply the role we've chosen. Exactly. What I find is a very, um, common starseed story is mm-hmm. that we do incarnate into these families with individuals that the polarity is extreme. Oh yeah. That's so huge. Right. In my family. So huge. So it was interesting for me. I would say my father was my most, it was kind of the core issue of my life. And I didn't even really realize it until after he died because I hadn't put all the pieces together. 
But the thing that was super hilarious was like a universal hilarious joke was that <laughs> he was, you know, NRA member. Oh yeah. You know, um, my dad loved Trump, you know, yeah. greatest thing that happened in this country. I, I actually don't my actually, yes. I, I don't know if my dad would have ended up voting for him only because my dad would have not vibrated with him around his womanizing and that stuff okay. would have been like enough. Oh, to my dad vibrated him. with him. <laughs> Fibrous, just fine there. <laughs> just fine. Just fine. He rolls right in. Yeah. So, but what's interesting is that here was my, you know, my NRA, you know, father who thought I was an alien from another planet. Oh, you know, I was oh, never, yeah. I was never his preference. He loved me like a good father. He was always there. If I had needed money, he would, and he gave me money when I needed it. Like he wasn't like he rejected me. He just, he was like, why you? <laughs> My father just didn't understand me at all. Yeah. I mean, and I, likewise, I mean, I could get there, but mm -hmm. he just thought I, I mean, it's funny, like with the book coming out, he passed away before the book came out. And I was trying to imagine him looking at the book and just being like, what, what is this? Is this <laughs> like, he already thinks I'm in, thought I was insane, like with my pursuits. Right. But then to have like a physical manifestation of it, that somebody put out into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very proud, but I think also like, what? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was funny because when I got my first book advance, mm -hmm. I, and we had been through this massive financial collapse and, you know, everyone thought we were insane, literally insane. <laughs> and um, I went and had lunch with him to tell him that I had signed my first book deal. Yeah. And when I told him the amount of the advance, he was absolutely like <laughs> stunned. My dad did the same talk. thing. My dad the same thing. It was like, you mean thing. you get paid for eating healthy? You know, it was like that, That's right? exactly the same. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, my dad was convinced everyone was always ripping us off. And then when he heard that advance, he's like, oh, well, they're definitely ripping you off. And I was like, <laughs> well, no, that's not how this works at all, actually. They're paying us. Well, no, something's wrong there. No one's paying you that like, for all this craziness. Honey, they would not pay you for that, right? I know, it's so funny. I know. But the cool thing that I did find, and I, and I hear it within you as well, is, is um, you know, I knew that he was the perfect dad for me. Yeah. And I had, I found letters. Like, I had written him those letters for mm. years before. I like, found letters when we were cleaning out my dad's place, did, too, yeah. that I had written. Yeah. That was really special. It's so cool, right? Mm -hmm. So then, but the interesting thing is in the end, it's a long story, so I'll, I'll, I'm not going to tell you on this show right now because everybody else has probably heard it, but I ended up facilitating his death. He called me, mm. he, he wanted to die. He was done, but he yeah. wasn't sick, but he okay. was done living. Okay. And he was How 92, was he? 92, 92. Okay. And, and very where did healthy. you grow up? You were in Alaska? Alaska. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he, um, he called me to tell me that I'd been a good daughter and I was so surprised and so grateful. Yeah. I was like, dad, thank you so much. Like yeah. I was okay yeah. with him not saying that. Yeah. But the fact that, that, Words that are he so powerful. said that to me, yeah. I was so, felt so good. Yeah. So, um, so Isn't that I, amazing how much that impacts you. Like you can huge. know it on a deep, deep soul cellular level, but to have someone say that to you in the human, yeah, in the little human, so, it was huge. Yeah. So I said, dad, you know, thank you so much. That's so cool that you gave me this. And, yeah. I, and I said, I'll do everything that I can to help you die. Mm -hmm. And he said, thank you. So he accepted me as the healer that I am. And when that time came, I had moments with him alone, like hours with him alone wow. where I was working and I was doing my energetics and disconnecting him from his body. He didn't want to live. The organs started shutting down. That's so um, it was a lot of profound things happened. Yeah. Um, an ancient 
the ancient one was looking at me through his eyes as I was feeding him applesauce. And at the Mm. end, my mom just let me, I said, what do you want me to do with Mm -hmm. the body? She said, just do whatever you do. So I was able to facilitate an altar and a ceremony and we washed his body with rose water and wrapped him, swaddled him. My sister and I, how we swaddled our babies. And in the end, he, he died a Samadhi death. Like he looked like an Indian guru. He had, and I had my mala around my neck and I, I was told, you know, I was impulse, put it over his neck and then I stopped because I was like, I don't want to offend anybody else. But then it just came strong and I put it so, so if you look at the photo of him, mm-hmm. he looks like in sadhu, like in like, Amazing. which is the most hilarious thing. Like <laughs> for three months after I would have to just pull my car over the side of the road and laugh, 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 laugh. So then I started saying like, we don't even know who anyone is. And, yeah. and I don't even know what that means right now. Like, yeah. I don't know if he... If he's an expanded being and he, like how I view it is that he allowed me and he received me in my fullness at his death. It's amazing. And when I did the meditation, when my mom was ready to let him go, I did a meditation and told him to like move, go out through his head. And he was, he was out and he was unconscious Mm -hmm. and, and, um, we just said, well done. And I said, dad, I said, if you see the dudes in the orange robes, they're with me. (laughs) But don't worry because I said, we won't take you where we're going. Like if you don't want to go there, we're just going to get you out of this realm (laughs) so that you'll have safe passage. Yeah. And that was it. It's so great. It was so bizarre. That's so great. I was with my dad the day, (laughs) you'll appreciate this. So my dad thinks eating vegan is just insane. It's total insanity. (laughs) I mean, Really, truly, like he would always be like, what are you, are you eating your sticks and twigs? Like that's what he would say. Um, and so <laughs> he was in the hospital, he was in hospice and my sister and I were like, he's getting there. And so she and I went to, um, I was going to get a juice at the Whole Foods in Portland, the 365 and they had, there's a new restaurant called Next Level Burger, which is an all plant-based burger shop. It's out of Bend, Oregon. And my sister was like, oh, let's go there. And she's not a vegan. Thinks how I eat is kind of weird, but she's like kind of getting into it and interested. And I was like, no, no, I'm just going to get a juice because I thought she wanted to go to this burger place. And I was like, well, she's losing her mind. What is she talking about? I'm not going to go to Next Level Burger. And then I go to meet her and I was like, oh, it's a, it's, this is all plant-based. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I ordered us chili cheese fries. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to eat those. But I wanted to bond with her. Like, we were having kind of this, like, intense day. And I was like, I'm going to have them with her. So I sit down and I start eating them. And I'm like, oh, my God, these are so good. And I, like, eat the whole thing. And she's like, let's get Dad a chili cheese dog. And I'm like, but it's vegan. And she's like, yeah, yeah, but he won't know. So we get him a chili cheese dog. We take it to the to hospice. He eats it in, like, 30 seconds flat. Can't believe how good it is. The next morning I go to the hospital, to hospice, I go to yoga and I'm going to say goodbye to my dad because I'm coming back to LA. And the hospice nurse like intercepts me and she's like, your father's very, very sick. He's been throwing up all night. I don't know what he ate, but I think he ate something (laughs) that he did not want in his body. She's like, he got sick three times, like really, really intensely. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, he ate the the chili cheese dog. (laughs) And then he literally died like an hour later. 
And my sister and I are like, he didn't want that in him. He was just done. He was like, that I'm was not, it. that's it. Like, I'm not, do not put that, do inside, not put that inside of me and think that I'm going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I got to be with him that whole day. Like he oh. had passed away oh. and we got to spend the day with, with him, the with the body. Yeah. And that was, that was something I had never really understood or honestly thought about that much before, but to be in his presence sort of with the yeah. body was really, really important. I think also to saying goodbye. Definitely. And I mean, coming back, these rites and rituals and ceremonies, oh. these things, it's like the, the day after this happened, my mom, my dad passed away. My mom called me and she just thanked me for like an hour. She just kept saying, thank you. Mm. Like, what would I have done if yeah. you hadn't been there? What would I yeah. have done? And so when I talk to people or share my experience as human beings, rites, rituals, and ceremonies are part of who we are. Completely. It's innate. It's in our DNA. Yeah. And you don't need a priest or, or any kind of religious person or guru to give you permission Mm-mm. to cultivate a connection with life yeah. in whatever form it shows up. Yeah. And they in, mark time. I mean, that's, they give credence to your decisions. Yeah. They give weight to it. And that's something we address in the book. The whole exactly. thing is really, I mean, it's something we talk about at Cat Beauty all the time is just consciously making a decision. And it doesn't need to be precious. It doesn't need to be like, I have the perfect meditation practice. I'm in a perfect room doing it. But there needs to be a part of you that recognizes the ritual of what you're doing, whether that involves all the beautiful objects and the scents and all of that. That's great. Those are great. But it's really the like acknowledgement that you're taking time for a ritual for yourself. And there's so much power in that. Definitely. And that's the thing is, you know, people go, well, how do I begin? How do I set up an altar? And it's like, the only thing that matters is what it means to you. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your, what is your relationship with those objects, photos, scents? Mm -hmm. So it really, again, is bringing us back into this authentic relationship, this beloved relationship with ourselves. Like, can we truly know ourselves and know what is right for us? What is good for us? What is nourishing? What's Mm -hmm. inspiring? All these different things. And So yeah, so to bring beauty back around into the ritual, yeah. into the moment, um, I just did Panchakarma for the first mm, time in I've February. Never done it. How oh, was it? girl. Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, let me, um, love... I actually did it here in the Palisades. Oh, There's a woman did? named uh, Marta S- uh, Sofer, and okay. she has a spa called mm. Surya Spa. Yeah, yeah. We've spoken to her husband. Roger. Yes, he was amazing. Very kind And guy. they make that beautiful bread that people love. They do. My husband loves. Exactly. They make beautiful Ayurvedic bread. Yeah. So I, I met, we met Roger and Marta on Kauai when oh. we were living living on Kauai for three months, doing some food oh, development we for that. common ground. Amazing. Yeah. Usually all of the um, recipes from the plant power way, most of them I created on Kauai. I in this, Kauai. Oh. We used, that's where we used to go. Oddly, it's a place my dad was really drawn to. We'll see. He, really drawn. We would go yeah. there every year. Growing up in Oregon, we would go there for spring break. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's super lucky. It definitely is. I think it's a it's a piece, a fragment of Lemuria, and it's very ancient land there. Oh, and so, yeah. you know, for sure that kind of, you know, verifies that your dad is, you know, tribe playing a different yeah. role or something. Or you know? just like the power of, of that place just that the, somebody who's actually not involved in this kind of thinking still, still understands mm-hmm. that draw. Definitely. You definitely. Know, it's yeah. really powerful. So, um, so anyway, I can't, I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, now. sorry. Ritual Marta. 
and oh Roger. yeah 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 so um so I met Roger and Marta and then um you know I've I healed myself of a cyst in my neck with Ayurveda mm-hmm. in 2007 that was mm-hmm. sort of my first entree but I had never done Panchakarma because yeah. as a mother of you know four kids I, mean, I couldn't just go to India for <laughs> yeah. like a month of course and finally um I sort of hit a wall in December with um the frequency of some migraine type headaches that I've been dealing with my entire life. And I finally just was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. So I signed up for a seven day with her. It's in the Palisades. And I went from nine 30 to one 30 every day. I want to do it. It is beyond, I mean, like, forget it. If you like, forget if you even believe in Ayurveda or, I mean, I know I've healed myself of imbalances. So I know, but the act of going in and being worshiped, they literally worship your body as a divine organism every day. So it starts off with like a two and a half hour hot oil massage by two therapists. Oh my God. <laughs> like you keep thinking, you right keep now? thinking the treatment's <laughs> over and it's not no. over. Like wow. it keeps going and keeps going and keeps wow. going. And then there's different things like, you know, ginger foot baths or Shirodara, you know, in mm. my case, she, she all, she changed a lot of the treatments, you know, for me, she was, yeah. Um, she's actually going to be on my podcast, but she was sharing that she had to treat my lower body different than my upper body. Mm, it was just, which is very not classical Ayurveda, but she was applying more modern approach to it. I love that. Cause I do. F- I mean, I love Ayurveda, but I also feel like the modern it's, approach to it is gotta important. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then she had these, um, these, uh, pat, like little bundles of mm-hmm. herbs mm. that were dipped in some kind of fluid and they would go all over my back. And then she wow. also made this donut out of flour and then poured medicated hot oil on my low back. Wow. Um, the, those are only a few of the things, but it's like, it's literally like you, you have to talk yourself down because it's like too much self-care. It's like, Oh my God, this is like, <laughs> too much. you know, and every day Rich would kind of look at me and he's like, you're going again today, <laughs> you know? But I have to say, I feel like I gained five years on my life Amazing. going and, um, and also there's a, you know, a mono diet that you follow yeah. and it, it would be really cool for I you would to love collab to do with that. her yeah. and just, you know, I need know to reach them. back out to her. Yeah. I did an Ayurvedic treatment years ago. I used to have really, really intense rosacea when I didn't know I had celiac. Uh, um, and I was like inflamed all the time, really bad acne, like acne, like on my chest and my back, like painful cystic acne. And in the summertime, especially in the humidity in New York, it was miserable for me. Like really, I just had a horrible time in that kind of environment. And I went to this woman who had a place out in East Hampton. It's her and her husband. And I can't remember their names right now. They'll come to me. Um, and she did a treatment on me where she put me under these kind of like insulated blankets and then she put cold packs on my stomach and then she heated up underneath the insulated blankets. So it was like almost like a little sauna, but there were cold packs on my stomach. And essentially the concept was that it was almost like antifreeze. Like she was cooling down my internal organs on a cellular level that would remain at that temperature. And it worked. It really, really worked. And then I found out shortly thereafter that I had celiac. So I changed my diet. So then the effect of this treatment plus the diet change was just a full blown game changer. That's amazing. And now I actually love the heat. The humidity doesn't really bother me. I mean, I prefer a dry climate, but the humidity was so insufferable to me before. 
And then after she did that treatment and just like kind of like cooled me down from the inside out, I was fine. That's so amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was a really powerful treatment. I mean, that's the power. And, and, you know, also with beauty and wellness and as we're talking about this is it's never one thing. Oh no, I know we we get those questions all the time, like from press, they don't ask them as much. But they'll say like, what's the one, what's the one product? And I'm like, you guys, there's not one product. That's a completely antiquated concept idea Mm -hmm. of beauty. It doesn't work that way. There is not a thousand dollar serum that's going to make you look young. No. There's just not. Right. There's amazing serums that'll help you look your best coupled with a really great diet and meditation and exercise and great relationships. But there's not one product that's going to be the game changer. It's just like such a kind of archaic way of thinking about things. It's like one food. Yeah. Well, people want, you know, they just want one solution or they want someone else to solve it for them. Totally get it. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. And it's, and it's what we've been fed. It's Mm -hmm. what, it's what, it's how we think things Mm -hmm. work. Just like in media, that's what it is. It's the story of the one thing, the one miracle. That's right. The one miracle Mm -hmm. that's going to, the Messiah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's all of the things. But what we have to remember is this is not a time of one Messiah. This Mm -hmm. is a time of, of millions, all of us, all of us mm-hmm. waking up to the truth of who we are. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about vegan plant. I don't even like the word vegan because yeah, we I'm don't not either. into ism. Yeah. So plant-based yeah. or yep. plant rich. So how is that in alignment with cat beauty and, and we just where do you go like with it? There's just so, I mean, as you know, life force in vegetables and fruits is just profound. And so for us, the ingredients that are utilized in the products that are on the shelves at Cat Beauty, they just vibrate at a higher level. They're more alive. They're more tangible. They have more vitality to them. And that is with food and that is with products. Like I often say, you know, people come in our store and they comment whether they believe in what it is that we're selling or not. Like we had these amazing landlords for years. They were older, not older, oldish, um, Italian guys, their brothers. I had been renting from them for years at my previous store. They thought what we were doing was like witchery over there, but they loved us and they loved the store and they would come in all the time and they would comment on how good it felt. And these guys didn't believe in any of the products, but we also have rose quartz under the floors. We put rose quartz in when we laid the floorboards. Wow. That's beautiful. And so it just, our store really does vibrate at a different level. It feels really different. And I always say to people, if they don't believe that, like we're selling the same quote unquote products that CVS is selling. They're all beauty products. It's the same thing. But tell me if you feel different when you walk into a CVS store versus our store, (laughs) you know, it's, it's like Cindy has a great analogy comparing a canned peach to a fresh peach. Like there's a place for a canned peach. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a horrible thing. It's an option, Mm -hmm. but don't you want the fresh peach? Don't you want the one that's just brimming with life? And so for us, the food analogy is just inextricably linked to beauty. They can't really exist outside of each other. And you know, there's the whole shelf life conversation in the natural beauty world. Shelf life isn't benefiting a customer. Shelf life is benefiting a manufacturer and a retailer. You want products that actually aren't going to be around in four years. Thank you. Just like you want food that's not going to be good in a month. Yes. You want to eat it? And like I always say to people, they're like, oh, but I have this expensive thing and I haven't used it. And I'm like, throw it out. Throw it out or give it to a friend who is going to use it because it doesn't matter if it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's just sitting around. It's not doing anything at that point. Yeah. It's been compromised. Exactly. You know? Right. It's basically like just, you know, cleaning out your 
your closet or keeping the minimal, you know, yeah. a minimal life, yeah. minimal concept. And the products, like they feel, they just, I mean, you know, the products, they feel really, really different. Yeah. You and know? can I just say like your store is just gorgeous. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's a gorgeous, it, gorgeous, gorgeous collection. And um, our yeah, crew, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, like amazing. it's amazing. It's a really, really magical spot. And mm. I don't say that in any sort of ego way at all. Cindy mm. and I just feel like we're just kind of like guiding it through the world. Like we had the idea, but people were super ready for the idea. The response has been amazing. Like on a Saturday, mm. that store is like a nightclub. Right. You can't walk in there. And I am not exaggerating. It yes. is, And there are friendships that we've watched happen over the years at events. We see people going to dinner after events together that met in the store. Sure. Like, it's, a ver it's very much a community. Definitely. And, and not a forced community in any way. And I think it's just people having an interest in feeling good. Right. You know, you leave that store. Like, I was in fashion before, and, and fashion is a different thing. Like, it, I didn't see people as joyful as I see them when they come into Cat Beauty. And I think a lot of that has to do with the offerings that we have. The food component is really, it's huge for us. Like, especially having celiac and Cindy and I are both so interested in health and nutrition. Like, you, you can't have the beauty store without the food. And right. when, when we first started, a lot of people were like, why do they have so much food? What's right up with this yeah. place? You know, why did, why? And we kept saying like, they'll get it. They're going to get it. And now they get it. I mean, it's they're the food section's 40% of our sales. It's so great because amazing. It, it also allows people to drop into the products at a price point. That's really accessible. You know, not everybody can afford a $200 serum. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that most people can walk out of our store with maybe a chocolate bar. That's two or $3. Sure. That's a beautiful chocolate bar, you know, that's made by Zen and bunny like that to me is like, you get, we feel really strongly about everyone having access to our products and we know our products are expensive and that's not the case. So we think it's, it's very important for us to have things that everybody, we hope everyone can access. Everyone can participate and be a part of the We're community. all about inclusion. Yeah. Like we used so to get great. a lot of press questions. What do you have that's exclusive? Don't believe in it. Yeah. Okay. That's it's, beautiful. Our products are health products. I'm not going to say <sighs> you should have it and that guy shouldn't have it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're also business people and smart. Like, I want people to buy it from us, but not because they're being forced to buy it from us. Because they want to. Because they want to, because mm -hmm. they know that we're the best That's store amazing. and we're constantly adding new things. I want them to buy it from us because they believe in what we're doing, not because right. we're the only game in town. That's beautiful. So yeah. why don't we just tell the listeners right now, where are the stores, if so, they can get into a physical store? Yeah. And then also, what's going on online? Is there yeah. any online? So we are, our first store, our flagship store is in the West Village of Manhattan, and it's on West 10th Street between Bleecker and Hudson, um, a neighborhood, that street has been like in my kind of world since I moved to New York, and it's, I always keep going back to it. It's a beautiful, it's a tiny store. Um, we also have a spa there, and we have the three treatment rooms, and then we just opened in LA, and we are the beauty department in the new Fred Siegel that's on Sunset and La Cienega. Um, online, we just redid our website. It just relaunched in November. We have a really beautiful blog. We're really proud of our content that we do on the blog. We highlight friends, family, there's recipes, there's meditation stuff. It's like really just like kind of a grab bag of all the things that we're interested in. Um, and then we're also working on, we have a lot of our own products and we're in the process of doing a lot more products as well. And one thing that we do in our stores that we feel really strongly about is we do events. 
that's kind of our way of giving back to our community. They're never charged. The events are always free to all. And we have such an amazing Rolodex of, you know, friends and family of Cat Beauty that if there's anything we're interested in, we just call them up and ask them if they want to do an event and share what they do with our with our crew. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's what you guys did for me. So yeah, thank you for it's important. Me there. Yeah, yeah, we loved definitely. having you with all your delicious cheeses. Well, it's just so beautiful mm. to know that you're alive on planet Earth and thank that you're you. expressing yourself <laughs> in all these ways. And, and John, I look forward to meeting Cindy. I don't think I've met Cindy I yet. I don't think. I think we met maybe very briefly oh, at my body, body green. green. Yeah, yeah that's there right. was a lot going on there that night. I, I have her. I have a. And you met John, mind. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah John yeah. come shot, over and yes, photographed we're, us. We're putting you guys up on the thinking cap soon. We're gonna be. He got some great there. shots. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. He's like the first one to photograph us since yeah. I have like blonde hair and rich head. <laughs> it looks amazing. Cut his hair off. I um, looks great. But anyway, um, you know, I just think what you're doing is so important. Thank you. We really, really the same way about what you're doing oh thank you I feel so, blessed to have you. this community it's amazing right it's really remarkable yeah and like, so let's when just you're doing say, your life's like, purpose yeah like mm-hmm. you just get to interact with the best people it's pretty cool and yeah. let's just say for the record there there are some of the most extraordinary beings in los angeles yeah. so the stereotype of <laughs> la being for shallow people yeah i know some of the deepest people mm-hmm. i've ever met yeah. and you know truly individuals that i feel honored to have spent time with yeah. just in their level of dedication the heart yeah. um, spiritual connection and really what they're able to manifest and and share in so many creative ways. Yeah. And so we're part of this community. Welcome to California. Thank you so and, much. And uh, I'm going to be in New York next week. Rich and I are going on a podcast oh, to good. ourselves. Great. We're promoting the Plant Power Way Italia. Amazing. So I'll be excited. I just gifted Carrie Lynn a book and, and I'll be so excited beautiful. to see. so beautiful. I can't wait. I was saying how I haven't been super inspired to cook. And then Julie handed this to me and I was like, oh, here it is. Well, you know, I was, we were sharing, like we all need inspiration yeah. and even I need inspiration from my books, you know, That's how you, I feel. Right? Yeah, you, you live with it. them for a while, and then you're like, I need some more input. <laughs> like, okay, let's yeah. get, go a different way. But it was kind of um, interesting. We got, I got a letter from a fan, mm-hmm. a reader, listener, in uh, who's living in Rome, and she's mm. a young lady who is playing on one of the big football teams there. Oh, wow. And cool. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name right this moment, but she mentioned that one of the most famous footballers in all of Italy um, has the link to our book and is excited to pre-order. Oh. And I start kind of started to giggle because you know we did this super comedic, campy. Uh, oh my god, sort it's amazing! You have promo to watch. video. It's so good. Um, and we did three versions. Just we just were ready for some comedy, mm-hmm. and of course. I love Italy. I love that country. I love the people. I love the food. But I just started giggling like, actually, Italians are going to be cooking out of my book. It's amazing. Like, I didn't think about that. It's so wild, right? It's so wild. crazy. It should be. So it's really, really... it's a beautiful life, right? Yeah, Carolyn? we're very lucky. So yeah. anyway, um, pick up her book, High Vibrational Beauty. It's absolutely a work of art. Photographs are by her beloved John Pamer. Yeah. And 
um, authored by Cindy and Carolyn, and it's really gorgeous and something that you should have in your collection. Like Thank it's a book you want to have out on your coffee table and yeah. they can get that at every bookseller, every bookseller also online. Oh yeah. We sold okay. out on Amazon the first day, but it's back in stock. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Just came back in yesterday. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so get that and get to a cat beauty and Thank experience you. their products and you know, any of their facials, um, I'm hoping I have time to slide in. Um, oh, yeah. I'd like to come in and get another treatment when I'm in New York. We'll get you in. So anyway, my dear, all my love Thank and you. just blessings for everything you're doing. Thank and, you so uh, much for having me. It's going to be a great year. I think so. All right. Namaste. Thanks, Namaste. Oh